Welcome to Formative, the show where today's leaders are interviewed by the leaders of tomorrow. Season five of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc., whose purpose is to create a brighter future with bold representation from underrepresented youth so we can realize the full potential of every one of us. Jade Grieve is with us today. She's the Chief of Student Pathways for the New York City Department of Education. We get to learn how one math teacher inspired her in a way that still influences her today. Hello and welcome. I'm Rachel Gazdick, CEO of New York Edge, and my co-host today is Shamaya from MS664. Why don't you tell us about yourself? My name is Shamaya. I go to MS664. I'm in sixth grade, and I like math. I like to listen to Childish Gambino and Party Next Door and stuff. Our guest today is Jade Grieve. Thank you so much for being on the show. Jade, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I work at New York City Public Schools. I'm the Chief of Student Pathways. That means I have the fun job of thinking about and overseeing the work that we do here to support college and career readiness for students right across the city in our schools. Um, As you can probably tell, I have an accent. I've been living here in New York for close to 10 years. I came here with the plan of staying for a year and going home. My family will never forgive me. That didn't happen yet. I grew up in Australia and in New Zealand, which is where I went to school and to college and where I started my career in public service. And I now have a little five-year-old who's in kindergarten, uh, which is part of the reason why I'm still here. (laughs) And that's me in a quick nutshell. Thanks so much, Jade. Take it away, Shamaya. Okay. My first question is, what inspired you to get you where you are now? Thank you for that question, Shamaya. You know who inspired me was my mom. My mom, I remember, ever since we were young, always talked a lot about the importance of education and really impressed that in myself and my sister and encouraged us to keep going and to focus on education as a way for us to have a really successful future. And so my mum always really placed the importance of like education just really front and center of how I remember my childhood. I always remember as a kid, we used to go to lots of protests and marches about, you know, lots of different like issues around equity, very focused on kind of equal rights for women. My sister and I and my mom were a very close kind of female family. We we used to do a lot of um, activism. I think my mom like helped us see where things weren't fair. And the one thing that I think my mom, as I've reflected on this as an adult, like really instilled in me in an indirect way was like when you see things that are unfair you actually can do something about them and you should. And so I think that's why I've always been really inspired by working in government or in public service where there's a, like the work that you do is directly related to the experiences and opportunities of other people. What is your daily routine? Well, my daily routine is usually pretty much the same. I try my best to get up a little earlier than my son um, does. So I have a minute to get a coffee and maybe catch up on some work. I invariably fail at that and wake up at the same time as him or I wake him up when I get up. (laughs) And then the busyness of a household with a five-year-old ensues. I bring my son, take him to school in the morning. I try and do that every day if I can. We ride an electric bike into the city. We live in Brooklyn. I don't get enough exercise if there was a, that was part of the question. (laughs) 
I am clearly not doing enough exercising and my electric bike makes it too easy for that to count. So that's usually how I start my day, which is a mix of like really nice bonding time with my son mixed with like we're always late. (laughs) So that's the start of my day. And then I'm usually here. Sometimes I get to like go out to visit with schools. Otherwise I'm in Tweed, which is the old courthouse here in the city. And I'm working with my team. I spend a lot of time in meetings, usually checking in with my team, talking to external partners. Uh, Often my day is kind of, you know, back to back running between meetings or virtual meetings. And then I always try and get home in time for dinner if I can with my husband and my son. Um, We love to watch the news. So PBS NewsHour is a bit of a religion in my household. And that's really it. Okay. What is your typical work schedule? Most of my days are in meetings. Um, I do try and like get some time to like read and work through some emails. And a lot of my day, I'm kind of back to back from like nine till about five. And when I can, I will try and get out about close to 5.30 so I can do pick up for my son or get home kind of in time for dinner. But my schedule is really a lot of meetings. Sometimes I'm meeting with the chancellor and with the senior leadership team and we're talking about kind of the directions for the work across the city or kind of updating him on progress as to some of our big initiatives. Often I get to spend time meeting with our school leaders and kind of hear about some of the programs and things that are working or not working. And then there's a lot of partners. There's a lot of organizations that contribute to opportunities and work that happens inside schools, especially in the college and career readiness space. Like we have a lot of partnerships with colleges like CUNY and SUNY. And so we spend time talking to them about how that's going, what opportunities there might be in the future. So it's a very meeting heavy schedule. That's a bit of a sense. And then, as I said before, sometimes, not every day, but I definitely try and get once a week out to, to visit a school so that I can really learn firsthand and get to know lots of our school leaders and amazing students like you. Okay. What is your least favorite part of your job? That's a tough question. How honest can I be? (laughs) There's a few ways to answer that question, but I feel like, I always feel like I struggle for time in the day and I feel really challenged between like time to spend like thinking and like reflecting and just like having that time and space to like consider, is this the right thing? Are we heading in the right direction? And the busyness of all the work that just has to happen, um, budgets and hiring and decision-making around certain times of the year. And so I think that's something that I always feel really challenged by and I and still feel like I'm struggling to get right. So that's a good question, Shamaya. Thank you. What is your favorite part of the workday? Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to cheat and I'm going to give you two answers, which you only asked for one, but if that's okay, I'm going to give you two. One is just there are times when like I'm, you know, we're in meetings and sometimes you get so caught up in in the work, you know, you're kind of just going through the motions and doing the thing. And every now and then there's like, you have this like little aha moment, like, gosh, we've made some amazing progress. Like this many students have had this different experience or um, we've like passed a milestone. And it's always really amazing to me just how much we've been able to do. And I feel a lot of like inspiration from just like, acknowledging that like that good progress has happened and sometimes it's really important to like stop for a second to recognize that the other thing i'd say is i don't do this as much as i would like and should definitely do more of it but getting to go and do school visits i do some with the chancellor some i do on my own or with my team and like those are always the best ways to either start the day or like just at points during the day i think what students have to say about what they want and what's working or things we should think about is always like so spot on And it's just really, it's, I love being in schools. What about you? 
What would you say is the best part of your day? The best part of my day is like math because I like doing math and I'm good at it. So that's my favorite period. You know, I used to love math too. Math was always my favorite. Actually, my son woke up this morning and he was giving me like, what's 10 plus 10? He's five. So, you know, that's a good one. <laughs> but we do that at home too. What do you love about math? I'd love to know. What I like about math, I like how it challenges you, but sometimes when it's easy, it can be really fun. So I enjoy that. Yeah. So when I went to college, I enrolled in like almost only math classes. And I remember trying to figure out like what I was going to do with that, but I did it because I loved math. I wonder sometimes like, like you say, it can be really hard, but there's usually an answer, right? Like there's a process you get to an answer. And I think I must've felt like a lot of satisfaction, like that, yeah, I got it right. Is that how you feel too? When I get to college, I probably want to do more in math and, you know, get my degree and stuff. So one story that's coming to mind, I think, because Shamaya, because of your interest in math, my year five math teacher was called Mr. Butes. I don't know, it's remarkable how like you can always remember like these people's names. I can't remember 90% of the teachers, but I remember a couple and Mr. Butes was one. And he was my math teacher. And I always wonder if he was the reason why I love math so much, but he was a really quirky character. He owned a pet snake, which I realize for some people might sound like that's normal if you come from Australia. It's still very not normal and would bring that into school from time to time. I always remember like him and loving math class. And I think it's because he used to bring lots of different examples like real world examples about math and just different problems into the classroom. And that both I think was a real factor in why I love math and like pursued that through school and college. But it's also really informed my work now, like future ready. That's about like, certainly like learning in school is really important. And there's ways, like there's places you can learn at work or in early college or in different opportunities. And to learn that in different contexts, and in things that feel kind of connected and relevant to the world around you, I always found really like much more engaging and inspiring. And I think that's a lot of what the work that I'm trying to do here is trying to bring more of those, you know, real world kind of learning experiences to students. Can you tell me more about the Future Ready program? I'd love to. Future Ready is a new program that is for high schools across New York City. We have some schools that are doing that this year and more schools that will be doing that next year. But it's really a program to bring a few things together for students so that they leave with lots of opportunities to get exposed to different careers in high wage and high demand fields across the city. So like technology careers, careers in healthcare, in education, in business and finance. And it allows students to, while you're doing high school, you also get the chance to go out into, you could maybe go and visit a place like MasterCard or JP Morgan or um, Northwell Health and like learn from people in industry about what the jobs are that are there, what they do. That will give you a real sense of like, is that something I want to do? Is it something I don't want to do? It also will allow students to actually go and be part of an early college program. So you could get college credit while you're still at high school, which means you could have a faster track to completion if you decide to go to college. Students can also earn credentials and these credentials can kind of help get you a really good first job when you're ready to do that and get work experience. So an internship, be an apprenticeship, different opportunities like that. And so the whole idea is, so while you're still in high school, you're just getting a lot more opportunities that will help you think about what do I want to do when I leave school? Build some skills in certain career areas, build financial and digital literacy skills, 
And so it's really trying to give students just a lot more opportunities. So it took me until I was in my first job after college to figure out what I wanted to do. And maybe this will help students figure that out earlier and have a chance to really accelerate their pathway into that. And so I'm really excited about this program. I think it has lots of opportunities and just a lot of excitement for the ways in which students can certainly continue to learn and grow at school, but take advantage of the fact that we live in the greatest city in the world and there's so many different businesses and opportunities and occupations that you might not know about. And this program is going to give you the chance to get to know about them and to get a little taste of that too, as well as getting a head start on college. At what age did you know what you wanted to do as a career? That's a tough question. So my first job out of college was in the Australian government public service. I worked at the Department of Education and Employment in Canberra. You know, when you're in like the most junior jobs, you get to do maybe some of the things that other people don't want to do. And one of the things that was always kind of talked about as like a difficult task was having to respond to people that like would write in with the things that they, you know, want fixed or what's not working. And I actually really loved that, like reading people's stories and like being able to see the connection between like the work that we were doing, whether they were like big policy conversations or, you know, discussions or debates about pieces of legislation. In the letters you would get from constituents or just people in the community, that they were speaking to, like the things that need to change or the things they were thankful had changed. And I felt really like inspired by that. And I think that really solidified for me then that like I got a lot of motivation and passion and felt like really aligned with work that was in the public service. It wasn't until later that I managed to get into a more like direct role in government that was related to education. And then I think when I was like able to tie all of that back to my own experience of like what I think would have been possible for me had I not had a good education versus what had been possible for me, I think that book became really real. So I would say like there was definitely a critical moment in my first job, actually. Like many other people, I think I found college, like that navigation process of like, what's the right course and, you know, what will I be? It took me a while to figure that out, but I I knew if I kind of kept on that path and worked really hard, that there would be something there for me, but it did take me a while to figure that out. Do you have a sense of what you want to do? I want to do like fashion and I like cooking too. Me too. What kind of cooking do you like doing? I'm interested. I love baking, but I but other cooking I'm not good at. I like making pasta because I like pasta. It's good. Well, that's a good skill. Did it become hard with work and being a mom? Is it hard? Yes, definitely yes. Um, In the Australian government, before I left, I had the privilege of like working in the Australian Parliament House, working directly with like the education secretary and prime minister. And that was amazing work, but it was really demanding. Like I would sometimes work until 11 p.m. or midnight and that was okay because it was just me. Now that's not possible and that's also not what I want to do, but it does make it harder when you kind of have a shorter day. The thing that I have thought about is that it actually made me prioritize like how I spend my time and what's most important. So it does force a lot of prioritization, but it's definitely hard because you want to, you know, balance it and be there for all of the different like events you might have at school or just other things that are going on. So that's hard to balance. And my husband and I do our best to make it work, but it's definitely a lot harder because you don't have the flexibility and like so much time that I had before. But I think I'm spending that time better these days anyway. Okay. And have you ever thought about a different career? 
I have from time to time. Back in Australia before I moved here, I was in a partnership and we had opened a restaurant when I was in college. I spent all of my non-college time kind of working to help pay for college and to live. And I worked in restaurants like all of those years and really loved it. Like it's hard work because you're on your feet and running around a lot and trying to remember all the things people have asked you and what goes where. But I always really loved, I think, the like the chance to interact with people and maybe like the problem solving that was always happening too. Like there was always something you had to fix and probably like a bit of adrenaline. Like when, you know, it gets to like that peak dinner time, like everyone wants to come in at one time and it's like kind of crazy, but I think I loved it. Like it was crazy, but fun. And so I think about that from time to time, but I've done some different things over the years. I've not always been in government. I've worked in consulting. I've worked in a big bank here in the city, but I do think that I've really like found the thing that I feel really like passionate about and it makes it easier to get up in the morning and like, you know, go into a a day full of kind of back-to-back meetings because the things that you're doing are driving towards something that you like deeply care about. And so I've definitely done some different things over the years and I, I think it's also good to like think about different possibilities. It kind of helps you refine what you like and don't like, what you want and don't want. And those things change over time too. One of my very early jobs was working in a flower store, in a florist, and I really loved working with flowers. It was like mostly a time when people were, you know, they're happiest. They were like coming in to get nice flowers for their house or a gift for someone else. And I loved the kind of creativity aspect of it too. And so in the back of my mind, at some point when I'm ready to retire, I would love to open a florist that sells secondhand books. And I have this like idea in my mind, but I think that's a while away. Okay. Was there a time where you were challenged and you wanted to give up? Yeah, a lot. (laughs) Look, I I honestly feel like that happens not just like one time. I feel like there's lots of points where, you know, sometimes things are happening at home or, you know, work. There just might be, you know, might feel like there's too many deadlines happening at once or I'm not keeping up with my emails. You know, I'm sure you feel this too, maybe like when you're coming up to exams. I always found exams a really stressful time feeling like I didn't know enough and I would often have this moment of like, should I not do it? Would it be better to not do it and fail? Even though I really didn't happen, but I would make myself so stressed about it. My mother-in-law, who is sadly no longer with us, always had an attitude of never give up. And I think in the last few years, especially in what this has been a really big job, that's always been a, like, that's a bit of a motto for my family to kind of just keep on pushing through. Jade, what's a story from your work that keeps you going? I have two things. um, So let me tell you those separately. One is back when I was working in Australia, when I worked in, in Parliament, what I'd been working on was a new approach to funding schools. And the way that had to ultimately work was for it to be in legislation, which meant it had to get passed by the House of Representatives and then passed by the Senate. And that would enshrine in law a fairer funding system for all schools across Australia based on students' characteristics and and school characteristics, like what they really needed, reflecting that there were differences in different schools and different students. And it had been a culmination of many years of work. On the day that it was going through the Senate, um, so you can't sit on the floor of the Senate, but they have a box for advisors, and they got to sit there and kind of watch that be voted on and passed. And I remember just feeling like totally overwhelmed, like sometimes you're you know, just doing all the things and you don't see the kind of ultimate culmination or end product. And that was like a really landmark moment. I'm not always like going to boast about the things that I do. It's not necessarily my style, but I was really proud of myself and will remember that day forever. And then 
The other story is this school year we launched Future Ready. We've got lots of schools that are working on that, implementing that this year, and we're going to keep doing that next year and keep getting better. But I was at an event with a lot of superintendents across the city, and one of them I heard recommending to another superintendent about getting engaged in Future Ready NYC. I remember just thinking like, wow, it's a real thing. (laughs) So that's the other one, which is more recent. Have you heard of this program? I'm just now hearing of it. What do you think? Does that sound good to you? What would you suggest? Yeah, I will use it in the future, like when I'm in high school to get a chance to go to college. Yeah. And so it sounds like your interest in math and fashion, maybe there's something like in the technology space that you might be interested in. Or even in business and finance, you might have your own baking company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for being on the show today, Jade. There's one question we wrap up asking all our guests. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your 13-year-old self? I think one thing that I've gotten a lot better at and that I think I used to be really uncomfortable doing was asking a lot of questions and not feeling confident to like ask when you don't know. And I think that's like one of the most important things is to like be, you know, comfortable kind of asking questions and not knowing the answer is okay. And not having the answer is also okay too. So that would be one. And then the second that I think is really connected to like our educational journeys, helping young people land good jobs and good careers and have kind of, you know, the financial security to do whatever it is that they want to do with their life. I always think that it's really important to not be afraid to like ask someone for help or a connection or if they have a perspective. And I think one thing that I've really come to understand is like often you might feel uncomfortable asking for help because you feel like you need help or whatever and that doesn't feel good. Actually, mostly people uh, people are kind and they want to help. And if you don't ask, you'll never know. And so that's a big one for me that I think a lot about, especially as It can just can be really important to help get connections as you think about college, as you think about careers, as you think about your next job. So make sure to ask. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Shamaya. I loved your questions. Thank you you for the time and for asking. I'm really excited to have met someone who also loves math like I do. If I can be of any help to you, you should definitely reach out. Maybe you'll be in one of our Future Ready programs in the next few years. I'd be really excited to see you in that. Okay. And in the meantime, keep up the pasta baking. Okay. Bye. Season 5 of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Thanks for listening to Formative, a production of New York Edge. I'm your host, Rachel Gazdick. My co-host today was Shamaya from MS664K in Brooklyn. She was assisted by Terry. Season 5 of Formative is brought to you by the generous support of Macy's Inc. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Race Car. This episode was produced by Tasha A.F. Lemley. Post-production by Alex Brower. Original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Thanks to the whole team here at New York Edge for making this series possible. Never miss an episode of Formative by subscribing to the series at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.